Hot out of the can, baby. Me and my fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest, or funniest story on that subject. Players' story will be scored by a head judges, and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris, and joining me today, a resident programmer slash software engineer, Chucky. Yo. And we've got a very special guest, all the way from 100 Things We Learned From Film. It's Mark. Hey, up. How you doing, Mark? Thanks for joining uh, us. Very well. Really glad to be on a podcast that I really enjoy. Not that I go on a lot of podcasts I don't enjoy, but I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because our podcast whore is pretty much how it works, but yeah, it's it's good to be on. It's good to be on one that I know and love. And I'm just going to stop talking. I know that's not how podcasts work, uh, but I think I might stop talking because I'm just getting myself into a hole here. Yeah. No, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're big fans of hundred things we work for film oh. and everything we work from Simpsons as well, which is just right on my street because half my half of the things I say are just old Simpsons references. So I'm also really pleased to say that you're the first person that's actually mentioned the podcast and got the name right. So congratulations. Congratulations, you get double points for that. Uh, do you want to, just in case anyone hasn't heard you before, do you want to give us a bit of info on your podcast? Yeah, 100 Things You Learn From Film is where me and my very handsome co-host, John, will talk about what we have learned from that film. We'll try and come up with 100 Things Between Us. It could be just based on the cars. It could be something from the background of the film. It could be the fact that Harvey Weinstein's a prick uh, and I hope he dies in jail. No. I, all of the all of those things are, are very important to us. Um, and at the end, we kind of top up and see how many we've got hopefully we'll allow somebody somewhere the chance to a pub quiz or trivia everything we learn from the simpsons same principle a little bit shorter me and my friend tom who is the most yorkshire man in the world <laughs> uh, get together and talk about an episode of the simpsons and try and uh, th- the initial idea was to try and figure out what all those pop culture references are but what tom's done in his inimitable way is make everything about britain and the north of britain so we've talked about the fact that costington shop is probably just b&m bargains We've also talked about the fact that Dr. Nick Riviera's uh, counter uh, bad doctor in the UK is probably going to be Harold Ship. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it took a big turn after about episode two. <laughs> <laughs> when he realised no one's actually listening. <laughs> it's when you, it's when you stop caring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a bit of a special episode today for the very first time. We actually have two judges, which is uh, a usual brilliant head judge, Joe. Hello. But also joining us, it's Jen from What I Had Heard Was Podcast. Jen, how are you doing? Great. Uh, Jen, I didn't really give you an opportunity to plug your podcast in the last few episodes we did, I was informed. So you want to give us a quick spiel before we crack on? Yeah, this this season we're doing um, Women to Remember. It's just women through history who have been forgotten, but accomplished amazing things. And we're also doing Midnight Editions, which, again, are just the topics that pro clutchers won't let you discuss at the dinner table. So make sure to check them out as well. Another brilliant podcast. I've certainly uh, had a lot of fun learning about serial killers' mums uh, yeah, recently, uh, which uh, I say fun. Uh, I'd struggle to sleep at night, but, you know, it's just because <laughs> just just it's probably in the post with my mum. <laughs> She's just posting anthrax to you. The, la- <laughs> the laziest sort of murder. <laughs> Maybe just a note that says stab yourself. <laughs> Love, Sending mom. bullets in the mail. The gun will come after four more payments. <laughs> just sending parts of the gun as you have to assemble. Yeah. But the oh, first magazine is only 99p, so it won't yeah. win. You buy the trigger, but then Free the next one's with nine part quid. two, though, will it? Yeah. <laughs> How do you get you? Stop or my mom will force me to shoot myself. <laughs> 
Oh, there's a, re- there's a reference. There's a reference for no one. Uh, today's episode, as is our brand new uh, guest, we let Mark choose it. So, Mark, what's today's topic on? We're going to be talking about celebrities. And judges, how will it be scored? This this will be judged on the Big Boss system, which is the Indian version of Celebrity Big Brother. So whichever one of you is the most Big Brothery type wins. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. I've got COVID, mate. Fuck off. <laughs> and who's going first? Uh, you can, Chris, because you're sat furthest away from me. Summer of 1927 was a pretty remarkable time in America. Philo T. Farnsworth transmitted the first electronic TV image, physicist Heisenberg developed the uncertainty principle, Henry Ford released a hugely successful Ford Model A, and the first ever non-stop transatlantic flight was achieved, making an overnight international celebrity of the pilot Charles Lindbergh, who I'd like to talk about here in more detail. Born in Detroit in 1902, Lindbergh started flying planes at around 20 years old at what was known as a barnstormer which were pilots who travelled the country doing aerial stunts and plane rides for money. But Lindbergh had bigger aspirations, and when Frenchman Raymond Ortigue posted a $25,000 prize worth nearly $400,000 in today's money to fly non-stop from New York to Paris, Lindbergh had a goal. With money backers and a customised plane with extra fuel tanks added that he dubbed the Spirit of St. Louis, Lindbergh was ready. However, here's the thing, with all these extra fuel tanks needed to make the journey, they're big and they're heavy, which of course slows the plane down. In fact, due to space constraints, one of the fuel tanks had to be mounted at the front of the plane, which means he had no forward vision in the plane at, at all. <laughs> meaning he had to do the entire journey, reliant mostly on maps and rudimentary instruments. So, at the age of 25, Lindbergh took to the air from an airfield in New York and began a flight that would take over 33 hours, which is a long time to stay awake, but in fact, Charles Lindbergh was awake for around 55 hours for the events surrounding the famous flight. He stayed awake by keeping the side windows of the plane open, so the cold air and rain would keep him alert. He stated afterwards that in some parts of the journey, he even started to hallucinate about ghosts. Finally, after a gruelling journey, he safely landed in the Paris airfield, and here's where the celebrity part comes in. Word spread during his journey about the amazing feats he was accomplishing, and he became a sensation. Charles Lindbergh took off from America as a relatively unknown entity, and when he landed in Paris, the airfield was suddenly flooded with 150,000 excited people who came to witness a historic event. One newspaper described a crowd as behaving as if Lindbergh had just walked on water rather than flown over it, with some people trying to take bits off the plane to have as mementos. He was given a ticker tape parade in New York City where an estimated 4 million people came out on that day to see the young hero. Lindbergh won several awards and medals of honour from the United States, France and other countries. He went on to donate the plane to the Smithsonian Museum, where it still is today. Lindbergh spent the last several years of his life in Hawaii as an avid conservationist. He died in 1974 at the age of 72. Gentlemen, entertain me. Wow. So, like, you know, we've all done that thing where we've been driving late into the night and we've heard and the best thing you can do is open the window a tiny bit. But a fucking plane! <laughs> what? <laughs> also, like, the fact that he couldn't see out of the front bit, that's the most exciting bit. <laughs> Just imagine, yeah. like, somebody putting the full, like the fuel tank on, like, this is going to cover the window. Is that going to be a problem? Nah, like, it'd be re... Playing Microsoft... 
Microsoft Flight Simulator, but turning <laughs> yeah. the monitor off. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could put his head out the window like a dog. Well, he actually <laughs> had. <laughs> <laughs> probably, what, probably what kept him awake and not illegal <laughs> narcotics and amphetamines, yeah. Well, he actually had apparently like a little periscope thing. He stuck out the window sometimes and just like looked through it. But what are you going to see? You're going to see fucking clouds. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Still I, in the air. I do actually know this story. And, and what he did, because he, it was the best way for him to see, is he actually had a tiny little navigator with him that was his relatively newly born child and he, he held it out ah, the window yeah, to see yeah. the thing and then unfortunately dropped it and that's yeah. what the limbo baby <laughs> I didn't want to go into the baby thing because I yeah. thought it would bring the tone down a bit but oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm starting it I'm bringing it down because we're going to need it for my story so, I was going to yeah. say you've invited Mark on the tone's already been lowered about <laughs> nine decibels yeah um also, the fact that he he was a was known as a barnstormer. The only barnstormer I know is the incredibly cheap cider you used to be able to get. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, two two liters for one ninety nine can cause blind <laughs> can cause blindness. Oh, God. Really um, good at stripping the paint off your shed, though. But uh, like, still, like imagining people running over to the plane and going, "Yeah, I'm gonna gonna have me a bit of this." Like, what what, what are you gonna take off a plane? That was the and, big like, thing at the time, though, wasn't it? it? Was like people would just rip bits off. Yeah, how it's metal got a little tin opener taking a little like post shit inside like, yeah well and that's cool no, you can if sign got, those but if you've got 105,000 people i reckon you can get a wiggle on a propeller and stuff yeah <laughs> the, wow. what about the the, the the little plastic kind of cockpit bit that'd be good for kind of hiding in under a storm unseasonably parisian weather <laughs> is is it uh, um, in the museum is it the actual plane or is it a replica Apparently it's the actual plane because he had to fly it back again, which was part of May. the problem of people taking bits of shit off it. <laughs> it's really difficult to fly without the propeller. <laughs> there was nothing wrong there. I think they might have actually shipped it back on a... I, think I was going to say, there's back. no way he's flying back. What, another fucking 50 hours? The yeah, 33 yeah. hours the flight was, wasn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, think I know, but he's got to land the, uh, plane and it's France and it's yeah. on there behind in time, so he's got to add some time on for that, have you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you see. And then like, the they're all eating spin. dinner at 10 o'clock at night because they're French. He was all confused. <laughs> but they got a great cafe culture uh, that we yeah. should be replicating in this country. We should do smoking. I'd love to see people cycling along the street carrying a baguette with a, <laughs> a string of onions around the neck and a striped. That's, it. That's the best way to I carry swear onions. Swear to God, when I lived in London with my wife, uh, we had a, a, a flat share with some of the people, and one of them was French, and he used to come home every day with a baguette, and I was like, "Come oh, on, Pierre! Come on, come on!" <laughs> um, he wasn't called Pierre. He threw up in the toilet and missed it all time, and I made him mop it up. Yeah. Hey, funnily enough, one of the the only time I've been to France, everyone got food poisoning and spent the entire week throwing up. That was on a school trip. My children need wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! I'm sure you've told that story on here before, Chris. You can't retread old old ground. Uh, it feels like I've heard. Thought, maybe I've heard this shit. story before. I've known you for so long. But yeah, um, I, I like that. I like that thing that there was this this thing of like we've got a plane and we're going to push it as far as we can go. You get in there. Huh? <laughs> uh, I'm 25 years old. I've got all my life in front of me. Ah, fuck it, mate. We've strapped a load of tanks of fuel to this thing. It could explode and go down in a fiery fireball. But yeah, or you'll be a legend and someone will steal your baby later on. <laughs> what? What? What was that last bit? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you won't be able to see out the front of the plane. Also, yeah, you're going to basically be looking at this big corrugated iron drum for fucking <laughs> yes. 27 hours. But you can open a window. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Jen, you were saying. I don't oh, remember. Ah. <laughs> you, were, you were too funny, Joe. That's what it was. No, shut the, up. I, I, 
my, I, I really enjoyed the fact that many years later, uh, big band leader, um, uh, oh, oh, the name's gone now. So this Glenn is Miller. Really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, went uh, went down in the English Channel, try to do the same. Uh, but he did have a full band on uh, at the same time, didn't he? So I mean, that would have been a little bit heavier, which would have caused and <laughs> caused the issue for the Pennsylvania uh, Six Five. <laughs> 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 Guernsey Twenty Three Ninety Two. Yeah. Do you think like they played like in the Titanic as they're going down, just like playing slow? <laughs> Yeah. Is is there a jazzy version of Nearer My God to Thee? Like, because that's what the time. <laughs> here's, here's Joe's moment. I'm going to mute myself uh, while we go to the next story because I'm looking up. <laughs> oh, uh, let's let's leave let's leave uh, Mark to last. So let's do Chucky. Yeah. Alright, celebrities are a bit of a side effect of broadcastable and of course now streamable entertainment. I mean, not to our own haunts too much, but if the alphabet had a couple of thousand more letters in the middle, we'd probably almost be Z-less celebrities by now. Just because you're listening to us, being entertained, right? What I mean is that a celebrity is someone or somebody who has some level of public recognition, and as a result of that, people tend to take an active interest in the lives of celebrities. We all remember Britney's breakdown in 2011, and perhaps more notably, the Leave Britney Alone guy. But if she was just another lady shaving off all her hair, then you might talk about it to some of your friends, but I doubt you'd be remembering it some 11 years later. Okay, so enough beating around the bush. A celebrity is a popular person. Who gets attention and media coverage? Big whoop. We all know that, but why the exposition? Well, in 2016, there was a bit of a trend going on, and I don't mean dabbing or the mannequin challenge, and I also don't mean the bottle flip challenge, which actually isn't even that difficult, so long as you're not flipping a bottle that's over halfway full. I mean, come on, physics people. No, the trend I'm talking about is the one of celebrities passing away. You probably even remember how almost every single day in 2016, someone iconic passed away. We ended up losing Sir George Michael, David Bowie, Prince, Muhammad Ali, Alan Rickman, to name but a few. Was this really a statistical anomaly? Did more celebrities really die in 2016, or has social media just made it easy to be informed about such things? Imagine if I said, nah mate, it's all completely in line with previous years. No, yeah, it is in fact true that there was a significant uptick in celebrity deaths. At least if you adhere to who the BBC thinks is worthy of being called a celebrity. In 2014, there were 11 celebrity deaths between January and March, and in 2015, there were 12 deaths in the same three-month period. Now, I'm no math magician, but that's one death more than the year prior, which is roughly an 8% increase in celebrity deaths in the early doors of the year. In 2016, in the same three-month period of January and March, there were a staggering 24 deaths. That's a 100% increase than the year before. I'm not a statistician either, but 100% is a lot more than 8%. I think by roughly 92%. I'm not sure what made 2016 more risky for celebrities than any other year before it, but I think I'm going to be quite happy being off any kind of celebrity list for a nice long while. Gentlemen? Entertain me. Right, but is this not just to do with celebrity culture? Is what, it confirmation dying? bias as well? Once people started saying it, is it more like... Is it more <laughs> well, well, so somebody said, oh yeah, George Michael's dead. David Bowie's like, oh, well, fuck it, I'm going to kill myself as well now. No, but, I know I've got cancer <laughs> anyway because I smoke a thousand cigarettes a day, but I'm going to rush the process along by just drinking some molasses. I don't know. But yeah, um, no, no, no. Because like there were celebrities back in... Uh, not to go back to like the olden day times, but there were these huge celebrities. Um... Of, of vaudeville and stuff like that. And it just, it, it just wasn't tracked as much. As soon as you fell out of favour, 
you were you were gone. Yeah, well, but like in 2015, like quite a few celebrities died as they do because they're not immortal. But in 2016, it definitely felt like every other day it was like, oh fuck, blah blah stand. You know, I mean, because he had some big names, right? Like David Bowie, Alan Rickman. You know, it's like fuck. You know, those those are like not. Oh, well, I, I'm not really in touch with uh, pop culture so much, but I know those names. I know who they are. Yeah, I yeah, know they, Muhammad they, Ali, they, they, but they, you know. They've, they've, they've touched upon your life, yeah. Yeah, well, as if they say, oh, yeah, a popular director died. I'm like, oh, cool, don't know who that is. You know, I'm sure they were good. And then they mention a movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that movie, but I don't know the director. No, my point is that it's just because these things have been escalated up to a, 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 a tier of godhood that wasn't there before. What? What? So are you saying from 2015 to 2016, we all went, okay, cool. No, I'm, ta- I'm, saying, the... I'm saying from the 1960s onwards. Well, I mean, like, so I specifically—that's when celebrity years. became a, a a thing, became a mark, became a um a, because, like I said, um, I I, I know I'm, I'm rereading Groucho Marx's autobiography at the moment, and you know, he talks about his uncle, and his uncle was a huge vaudeville star known throughout the world. Does anyone know his name? I can't even remember it now. No, I fucking, no, no, but, I fucking but, yes. literally read it this morning. Yeah, I'm glad you said yeah. no because I felt very put on the spot then. No, it's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. I'm not. A, I'm not a menace. You're, you're absolutely right, Joe. That 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 every year somebody somewhere dies. That everybody except one person's forgot. Yeah, yeah. And and that person, I don't know. That person might have done a fucking dance on TikTok. They die 40 years from now, and and one person will remember them specifically. Or it, it could be I don't know. One of Prince's backing singers. Prince also died in 2016. But you know, whatever. Somebody somewhere at some point will 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 know who they were and what they were. It just so happens that probably, I think, we kind of met this this kind of pinnacle of social media, the internet, slow news year, arguably. I mean, it was no 2020, that's for sure. Um, and, and all that's kind of come together, but and, and that and that's what I think why why that is. I want to be funny about this, but I can't be. Caroline Hearn died in 2016. There's yeah. nothing funny. It's a fucking no. terrible year. Yeah, yeah. Rick Mail well, died I mean, in 2014. You know, yeah. it's not well, a big like joke. Say, they're, they're, they're not immortal, but I think that's why we're looking at the wrong statistic here. Why aren't we looking at the celebrities who just don't seem to die? How is Ozzy Osbourne still alive? And Keith Richards? We need to. Keith cannot be killed by closer. conventional methods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, is he not one of those that that has the last piece of that pie? at gold from that film yeah. uh, a skeleton whenever the sun comes out whenever the moon comes out that monkey that monkey's got his last piece of gold Thank here Keith who's got the last piece of gold <laughs> it's the monkey no but um, I, I genuinely just think it's because of when celebrity culture starts and and like this is where this is this is I, I genuinely think we're going to see a ramp up in it over the next couple of years when people start dying from our our childhoods and i mean mm. no i'm older than you two but yeah um and then there's going to be a significant drop because there is no real celebrity anymore is there who's going to give a fuck when fucking kim kardashian carks it upside down in a pub toilet <laughs> nobody <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really weird if that's a, how she goes now a, you're going to be very sadly murdered by her ex-husband is what's going to happen it's what it feels uh, like i can yeah. assure True. you i can assure you that's what's going to happen having watched that video today yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm not keeping up with the Kardashians now. <laughs> I, 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 and, and, and I envy you. <laughs> Who's next? 
Right, well, the last man to talk, Mark. Mm. Okay. Now, I'm telling you a, I'm telling you a secondhand story. It's a secondhand. Let me tell you a secondhand story. Uh, this one is from uh, a dear friend of mine uh, of many, many years. A chap we will we will call Whitfield because that uh, that is his name, uh, and, uh, and and it's based in the summer of our Lord's 1994. Now, Whitfield is one of these guys who who doesn't doesn't drink anymore, uh, and I've never known tell a lie so i am taking this and i've always taken this for the last 20 years that i've known this story as god's honest gospel you know that god that really truly exists and isn't made up um the year 1994 jack charlton's island reached the quarterfinals of the world cup the united states of america pato banton's baby come back inexplicably enjoyed four weeks at the one <laughs> Our story set in Blackpool, the English Northwest answer to a cocaine fueled fever dream with mutant seagulls. And a 17 year old Whitfield uh, was laboring away from his Middlesbrough home with a friend of the family, the much older and much bigger Jossie. Now, think that no face character from the uh, uh, Miyazaki film Spirited Away. Only instead of eating all that food, imagine he'd eaten the early 90s wrestling tag team, The Natural Disasters. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big motherfucker. Working away, labouring, meant six-day weeks. With the kind of pay that affords, but sadly it meant only one day off. Now, Jossie, being a big lad from the borough, he could pack away the beer. And he was also a hod carrier, so he could carry a lot of bricks. And this being his one day a week, being able to indulge, he did so. Now, I have little doubt, due to the location alone, some of you lads will know Blackpool, uh, and uh, for them that don't, it's nightclubs that open at 11am in the morning. Now, this particular Sunday morning, after a full English, likely with a side of chips and a castaway wine cooler, it was the early 90s. Uh, howie, howie, cast howie. Uh, could you still do that? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have done, cut that. Uh, don't worry was, about it. <laughs> It was the 90s. Uh, they happened on a nightclub that seemed loud, dark and empty enough to start the sesh. So walking through the empty door, no bouncer, kind of strange, but it was early. We side looked to the bar where the biggin orders two pints for him and a bottle for Whitfield. By the time the bottles opened, the biggin requires a third beer. Such was his gargantuan thirst. At least half an hour of this chugging behaviour continues until, well, you know, one thing leads to another and Jossie needed to visit the lads. Heading over to the bloke's toilet, here we finally see the establishment's bouncer guarding the door to the gents. Strange enough, but the big man wasn't going to be stopped. Uh, you can't go in there, lads, says the bloke guarding the door. Why not? Says the booze bravadoed Whitfield. Uh, you just can't. Uh, are you the one that's going to stop us, Lake? Says the big man, literally towering over this bouncer. After a tiny amount of consideration of how hard it would probably be to eat ribs without any front teeth, we assume the bouncer steps aside with the warning, well, be quick, won't you? The lads walk into the bathroom, grotty as you'd expect, and instantly spot why there was a guard on the door. There, sprawled over the sinks, was a young lady, skirt up over her waist, and behind her, with his kecks around his ankles, pounding away as if his life depended on it, was a white-haired man. Now, it's still barely noon, so you can probably appreciate that this is unexpected. Also, this bloke's blatantly old enough to be the lassie's dad, perhaps even a tad older. A few more strokes and grunts, and the chap notices the pair has stood in the doorway. In a Belfast accent, he gleefully declares, give us a minute, lads, and I'll be with you, sure. Uh, before moments later, finishing up, whipping off the condom, throwing it aside and pulling up his trousers. Walking over at the boys, the beaming gent, who can now be seen to be none other than catchphrases and new faces Roy Walker. No! Oh! 
reaching an outstretched hand. Yes, the same one that just removed the Johnny from his knob. He presses his palm into that of the wide-eyed Whitfield and states, always good to meet a fan and squeezing an unrequited handshake. Oh. Are you all right, Joe? <laughs> Joe looks like, you boys, you look like you're having a moment. Like, he My was just a been ruined, mate. It's good, but it's not right. <laughs> it's really not right. <laughs> In stunned silence, the lads walk past the recovering girl do what it is they're there to do and emerge into the bar where they spot the comedian down in a whiskey putting on his coat and heading for the door let's just say the lads vowed to never say what you see except until Whitfield except told me we've just now broadcast yeah. it <laughs> gentlemen oh I'm sorry stunned stun silence <laughs> entertained me yeah, well, I think we may have just witnessed the date rape. I don't know. <laughs> it makes it so much worse that it's like 11 in the morning somehow. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah! <laughs> I could see this at 2 in the morning, but it just seems so much worse that it's in broad daylight. Right. Oh, uh, imagine the lady, though, like, oh, you're that guy off catchphrase. So like, yeah, do you want to go to the toilets? Oh, I mean, I could but pay. Also, they've, they've, they've had to go to the bouncer and say, look... Can you come with us and watch the door? Because I'm about to bone in the <laughs> I toilet. need to. I need to talk to this lady in private. <laughs> well, after after years of, of of knowing this story, turns out that he's he, he's a he, he lives in or around Blackpool anyway, or certainly did at one point, and is a regular in, in one of the one of the clubs there, one of the, the the kind of the peer shows or whatever, or was at one point. I feel yeah. like we should be thanking you for like choosing this platform to get this story yes. out there. I feel that yeah, uh, right, Walker. You, you boys are getting sued. <laughs> yeah. No, he's well, still with us. He's still own. with us. Still with Is us. He? Yeah, yeah, 88. He's 88, you know. Oh, also, right. So, Jack, sorry. Yeah, to explain this to you. Uh, Catchphrase is a British TV show where they have, like, an animated sequence of things, and it's an easy catchphrase. So it'll be like, um, the bee in the bonnet, or something like that. And it's a bee in, in, a, in a bonnet that you see. Yeah, yeah it's not exactly. it's like the e, it's yeah. that Wheel of Fortune levels of dumbness. Yeah. Um, Think of, like, of animated charades. Yeah, yeah. Walker hosted this for years and years and years, despite <laughs> having no talent other than being Irish. And, and, and it's very family friendly as well. Yeah. yeah. Snake Charmer. Snake Charmer. Classic. I'll find that clip and send it to you, Um But yeah, Roy Walker was the host of this for a very long time and had a very sort of like fun uncle vibe about him. Yeah. Uh, uncle, if out, you will. Turns out. <laughs> Absolute, absolute shag rat. Yeah. My uh, my gran, uh, who 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 died in '96, uh, she loved him. She absolutely adored him, and he was Did very. You know this story? No, no, no. She died long before I knew this story. She oh, she was right. she was dead about ten years before I knew this story. But um, yeah, she was she was always keen to to point out that oh, he lost his wife to cancer. You know, he lost his wife to cancer. You know, uh, oh, he's he's a terribly sad story. And all I could think, uh, you know, as as the years went on yeah but he was shagging he was shagging young birds he mm. did all right out of it question yeah. mark do you reckon he used that as leverage oh what kind <laughs> oh, of yeah. leverage though oh. no it's sympathy, sympathy bone mm-hmm. no but oh. that's strange with the sort of because roy walker's like low level british celebrity like, oh, but, but he like, doesn't need last... you to come back and you don't have to be famous either so that's just oh. like an uh, you know it's a tick it's a tick in your box rather no not that uh. <laughs> The last thing my wife said to me was, bone as many birds as you could. In scummy Blackpool pub toilets. <laughs> Over oh, the box. Nah, it's yes. what she'd have oh. wanted. Yeah. 
I, I, do you know what? I've known this story for 20 years now, and I never even once considered that it was a date rape story, Joe. You, 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 I've never thought that. It was the fact that you said she was sprawled out and like unresponsive or whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't think I said that. But I, don't the time, I, believe. The, I don't think I wrote that. <laughs> the, 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 the picture you painted, um, I again, maybe I just put two and two together and I just don't trust I did why. say recovering girl. He might yeah. have just been really, really good at it. Can you imagine Roy I mean, I, 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 I don't know. And I'm 42, so, but you know. It's... The thing is, like, the defense is nobody would ever believe that. You know what I mean? Like, Roy Walker, yeah. his wife died of cancer, you know. He wouldn't have done that. <laughs> My grandma you know I mean? believed it. <laughs> oh, and the handshake as well. Oh, yeah, that's, that yeah. Cool. I mean, that was, I, yeah. that's the main bit that I always think of, the, the removal of the Johnny with one hand. Pulling up your kecks and then going straight in with yeah. a greasy, Which gummy hand. Em- again, implies hands. to me it's not the first time he's done it, and it certainly isn't the last time. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not with the pants down. I just can't uh, help wondering before before he died in 2016, did Terry Wogan ever get to up to any of this stuff? Wogan was a notorious shagra. Yeah. <laughs> He, was. Uh, he also he, he, hosted he had... a pirate radio station, as we well know. Yeah. No, Wogan. Wogan. And Wogan had, had quite, an Irish erection that could not be quelled by any woman's fanny. <laughs> <laughs> Many tried. <laughs> oh. Cannot be squeezed by mortal women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except maybe Gina G, just a little bit. <laughs> it's a Eurovision reference. I don't know. It's the last Eurovision ref song I remember. <laughs> Mr. Chips on your hand was a famously celibate. Yeah, yeah you've pissed on well, your Mr. Chips now, haven't you? You just need to go around Blackpool and go in a couple of pubs at eleven in the morning. I think there might be. A, I think there might be a takeaway in Blackpool called Mr. Chips. There is a Mr. Chips. I'm fairly sure. It's of course there yeah. is. Uh, Black, again, Blackpool is quite nice now. Did all the front up. Yeah, Tom. Tom, my co-host, lives in. Uh, well, he lives in Lytham, obviously, but uh, yeah, works in Blackpool. Yeah, but it, no, it's good because you walk down the front and it's all nice and shiny, and then you walk one street back and it's like Dresden during the fucking war. <laughs> uh, Sunday mornings, <laughs> it still stinks of piss, though. Oh mate, it's, it's horrible. terrible on a Sunday morning. There's and, always yeah. a hen do knocking about, isn't there? Like Why three is or the four. sea brown in that one particular bit? Oh, well, the whole house is quite blue, apart from Blackpool, which no. is just brown sludge. All right, Peter Kay, calm your fucking cats. <laughs> <laughs> Remember global warming? Remember when Blackpool Beach used to be terrible? <laughs> Blackpool Beach has won awards for its cleanliness. Now, doesn't matter, because the Tory government are pumping out shite into the ocean. Right? Yeah. I don't want to get all political with no, it. No, I but, just um, love the fact that it was you that got political on a podcast and not me for once. Yeah, yeah. And we thought, ah, oh, Blackpool, that's where all the poor people go. So if they go and have a swim in the ocean and stuff, uh, they'll get horrible diseases and die. And that's less strain on our pension scheme, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. For, for Jen, just for Jen, just if you think, um, if you think Las Vegas... Really shit and buy a really horrible stretch of water. Uh, if you think Atlantic City, Atlantic but City. really shit, shitter than Atlantic City, <laughs> and buy a horrible stretch of water. There you go. And then make it a hundred times worse, and you'll be yep. somewhere yeah. near. Stinks I heard of piss. You can get like. Stinks I fucking love water. Blackpool, right? Because I also love Blackpool. Yeah. It's where I spent a lot of my formation. <laughs> yeah, that, that came a, that came across really well. Actually. No, I know it's awful. I know it's awful. But I, it's I better love than it. Skeg Vegas. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. It's better than Morecambe, which has got one thing on its things to do in Morecambe, which is look at a statue. Look at a statue of Eric Morecambe. That's it. Who's not, not even a... from there? Wow, no, get told, no, Morecambe. Stop lying. Stop yeah. lying. Yeah, fucks. 
<laughs> so many northern British references for me to message Jen about later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah. it's fine. Hard work. Um, the winner of this episode, Jen, who have you got? I think I'm going to choose Mark. Yeah. You've got to give the guests the win, haven't you? Is that just because the scoring is Joe slash guest <laughs> that your kid was doing the other day? Yeah, we've no. all seen it. Is that behind the behind the curtain? Is that where it is? I'm not no. trying to talk myself out the win. But, I mean, you know. it sounds like you are. <laughs> no, 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 genuinely, no. Um, I, I mean, I've I've never heard a story of legendary Saturday night. Game show host Roy Walker, and, and you never, and you never will, and you never will. I mean, if I yeah, come yeah. on, but every time my memory of him is forever changed yeah. now. So yeah. thanks for that, Mark. Ne- next time I come on, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about swearing, and I'll tell you about the six people that have six celebrities that have told me to fuck off. Uh, oh, <laughs> mate, nice. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I, I guess I've just got one of those fucking faces. <laughs> Oh. How, far are we, how far are we away from S? It's just swearing, like yeah. A couple of letters. Probably yeah. a few away from Mark for Mark getting sworn up. Thank you very much, Mark and Jen, for joining us today. Make sure you check out 100 Things We Weren't For Film and, of course, What I Had Heard Was. Both great podcasts. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next episode. Weird thing about that. I didn't know this was that kind of show.